perspective. Well, we're going to continue looking at this series of the Master's Plan, and I pray that uh, this would encourage you in this season and in this time. The Bible is very clear that we live in seasons and times. Ecclesiastics really clearly remove, reminds us that the fact that uh, uh, seasons come and seasons go. And so we're uh, always going to have seasons that have particular themes and messages about them. And I certainly feel that this season is a theme about God's heart for the church, God's heart for you and for each and every one of us as his people. And so we're just going to pray in the next few moments. And I'm just going to get something ready here. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are here. We've been singing and saying and declaring this morning, you are a good, good Father, that you are faithful. And we pray, Lord, that in these next few moments that we would again just hear what you want to say to our hearts. That, Lord, we just not come, we just come out, but we, we actually want to lean in and, and that you would speak to every person, every heart here today, that they may take something home that's very individual and very different, but that's okay as long as you have spoken to them. And that's our heart and prayer. And we pray this in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. I'm just making sure I'm right in the direction. We're starting, uh, just for the last few weeks, we've been having uh, live streaming. And so help, welcome to everyone who's also watching online, live streaming or watch this later as well. You two over there, you guys watched it last week, didn't you? Very good. So God bless you and thank you for all that, making that happen. Okay. Uh, who's excited to be in church today? Yeah. Okay. Well, we say in church because we're talking about the building, but you know what? We're excited about being together, aren't we? That's the element of it. And so I'm going to encourage you that this master plan is about really discovering the transforming power of Jesus upon our lives into not only influence our lives and our home and our homes, but our community. And so I'm going to encourage you over a while that there'll be some challenges that come out of this message and I think that I'm challenged just, just as much as you would be challenged in these thoughts that we have together. So we learn about and celebration association and so we're going to, we've covered that a little bit but we're going to talk a little bit more about the church and practice and encourage you with that. Out of, out of looking at our um, vision, our mission, our vision and our values I shared last week that the theme for the next 12 months that really sits on our heart is that it's just not worth having a mission, a vision or values if we don't actually talk about it. And, and like you, I, I forget. If, if you're not telling me something, I forget. It possibly reminds me where to leave my shoes, only because I will forget to put them. So you can see that in the values and the mission, the mission is what growing deeper relationships with Christ and each other. And from that, there's this sense of, of thought, this sense of aspect about this, that maybe God is asking us to grow deeper. Maybe he's asking us to grow deeper. And then there's a sense where we look at the, the vision of what seeing God change lives through me, that God is, is, is growing stronger through me. In fact, that looks like serving supernaturally. And then we come to the values. And the values, faith, hope and love, teach us that we are called to grow together. And we're growing together. And I pray over this next little while that you're going to hear this and that you'll just know it. 
You'll know the mission, the vision, and the values. But what you're going to hear again and again is that we are called to grow deeper, to know Jesus more. We are called to grow stronger and serve supernaturally. And we'll unpack that as well. We did a little bit of that last week. And that also, of course, we are, for our values, we understand that we are to grow together. And that is healthy relationships. And we'll share more on that. So that's just the, the premise to set that up because we're going to start to, to look at the real core of the why the church exists. There's three, three sort of words, I suppose, or descriptions that people generally understand the church and why the church exists. One, we're called to come together to exalt God. We come to worship him, we come to exalt God. The second is that we've come to encourage and edify each other. So that's why we come together to do that. Carolyn rightly said this morning that, that if we don't connect, how do we know? How do we, how do we, has iron sharpen iron? How do we help? How do we know what's going on with you? Unless you let us know and we talk and we have relationship. And then the last, the last one is that we need to be evangelising. It's a word we don't use a lot, but finding our relational connections and inputs. Learning how, to, how we live and how God can speak. But I, I was so excited when I, when I became a Christian. I remember walking about 450 metres, doing all the stuff I did, and I'm walking to church, and I'm just as happy as Larry. Now, one of our good mates at church was named Larry, but anyway. <laughs> and he was happy. He was a funny character. Oh, I tell you, he used to yell out, Praises to the Lord, just you know, just randomly. He was just he was a great guy. Still is a great guy. But I just was so excited that I found meaning and purpose in my life. All the stuff that had gone wrong and all the stuff that had going, is going on just seemed to fall to the side as I just thought about I'm saved. I have a saviour. I have someone who loves me so much. And I'm in love with that thought. I'm in love not with myself, but I'm in love with the thought that God, as we sang, loves me so much. He loves you so much. We read, when we sang that when we mess up and there's mess in our lives, that he still loves us. Even when we know the good we ought to do and don't do it, he still loves us. We're accepted. We're valued. Let's have a look at Romans 15. It says, may God who gives you patience, steadiness and encouragement help you to live in complete harmony with each other, each with the attitude of Christ towards the other. And then all of us can praise the Lord together with one voice giving glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So warmly welcome each other into church. We've done that today. Well done. Well done to you. Just as Christ has warmly welcomed you, then God will be glorified. Remember that Jesus Christ came to show that God is true to his promises. That's a very powerful few verses there right now. This is what we learn when we just read this. This could be the sermon, but it's not. But verse 5, we learn that there is harmony and there is spiritual maturity. In verse 6, we learn there is unified worship and in verse 7, we learn that there is gracious community. Let's unpack this a little bit as we get to discover the heart, the heart 
of the church, the heart of who we are as called out ones, gathered together, assembled together. It's really important people can go to church and be part of meetings and gatherings and never really understand what it's all about. Never, never think any more about it. So here's another one for you. We grow, you can see it on there, deeper through what? Worship. In fact, as I was reflecting on this, I actually believe I've got two points today. Two weeks ago I had five. Last week I had three. I've got two. Maybe one next week. I don't know. Just the four there, but anyway. <laughs> Amen over there. We grow deeper through worship. But I was reflecting on this thinking that even in this focus, in worship we actually grow stronger, we grow deeper, and we grow together. And actually my two points, we, we do both. We do all in both of these. Worship is giving back what you have received. The first time we see worship mentioned in the Bible is in Genesis 22. It's Abraham when God spoke to Abraham. And Abraham said, I want you to prepare, get your son, go up, go up the hill, I want you to meet with me, and you're going to sacrifice the son. Ooh. What does Abraham do? He says to the guys around him, hey everyone, hey dudes, <laughs> depends on translation. He says, I'm going to go up to the hill now, and he says this, I'm going to worship God. But what was he doing? He was going to kill his son. He knew what he had to do. He, he was already told. God gave him instructions what was going to happen. But he says, where we think you're going to go up and sacrifice, he says, I'm going up to worship. He considered that worship. Now God stopped him and provided a ram. God wanted to say, hey, how far are you willing to go in your worship? And I think that really sets the scene for us. How far are we willing to go? See, worship is an invitation to invite Jesus to be made manifest in our life right now. Worship is a substance. It is not words. It's not dictated by a song or a hymn or a tune or what I like or what I don't like or the preferences that I have. And if you don't like the song, you sing that song because you're sacrificing more than anyone else. <laughs> you and Abraham need to have a conversation. Just saying. Worship in John 4 says, You Samaritans, Jesus is speaking. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. See, it's not about what or where or how. It's about what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshippers must worship in spirit and in truth. So I choose every morning, and when I get together, when I listen to music in the car or at home, at any moment, I choose to worship. Ephesians, we read that we make up songs in the spirit. Melodies of, of our own heart. Some of the songs that I sing, you guys will go, man, you are weird. 
Half these songs, I, I go off words and I'm just singing. I've got a silly sense of humour. God's okay with that. He gave it to me. Maybe, maybe not. Amen. True worship is a matter of the heart. Expressed through a lifestyle of devotion. Someone said this, you are not worshipping until you forget you are. I worship to anything. I worship to anything. I find a way in there and I just want to worship. What's in me wants to come out. We learn that in Isaiah teaches that God created us for his glory and that is that we would come and we would worship him. He doesn't need his worship to be God but he asks us to come anyway and bring it. And he said there's great reward when we do that. Sometimes we want to hold on to yesteryear and the past and yet we're understanding how God is forming and shaping with us and acting this sense of worship within us that looks like Jesus. And we're becoming and growing in the Holy Spirit. Worship is a celebration of Christ. John Piper said this, Worship is real, authentic experience in the heart with God or it is nothing. And when you and I feel weak and alone and fragmented and isolated, when we worship, something happens. We don't feel like doing it. When I get sad news or when I hear things and, and, and situations and phone calls, I'm like, I want to react in the flesh. But my spirit takes lead and says, no, humble yourself under mighty God and seek God. So when God feels distant, what should we do? We worship. Why? Because in verse 23, did you read that? Because God comes looking for you in worship. The Father seeks you out in worship. He seeks you out. So when I worship, I am inviting myself to meet with God. But I'm inviting God to meet with me. Saying, here I am. That's worship. That's worship. But it's not just in words. Remember I said it's substance. It's our giving. It's in our time. It's in laying down my life. It's John the Baptist saying, I become less and you become more. That's got to hit the road somewhere at some point. I'm not in control of me, really. I'm learning how, how to hand over the reins and trust God with my life. That's scary and it's not always easy. We all grapple with that. When we look at Acts 2, we'll look in a little bit. It says uh, in Acts, Acts 2, verse 42, it talks about those who were devoting themselves to the breaking of bread, which we're going to do a bit later on. It also partly refers to celebrating communion together, to prayer. And verse, seven, verse 47 talks about how they were praising God. This is worship language. Pure and simple worship language. Fellowship, togetherness, communion, prayer, seeking, suffering, sacrifice, witnessing, 
So worship. However, it works in our lives. God has created us with the desire to worship him. Have you ever noticed how good you feel or how better you feel when you worship God? I know I do. Some days I have just the poorest of attitudes. Put it up mildly. And you may be, things don't go right, things don't, and the flesh rises up. And, but when I choose to put on songs, just get me into that focus. That's what it's about. That speaks to me. It challenges me. My demeanour changes. Not always instantly. It takes maybe one song, two songs, three songs, a walk and a talk, and a few more songs. But we get there. Worship fashions something within us. And that's what I've noticed about worship. And I get why it's a good idea to worship. Because it's God's idea. He created you and I to worship. And when we do that, we are better for it, friends. You've chosen to be here today. If you can do that, I get that not everyone can do that. I know there's a lot of different uh, ideas or thoughts or, or even reasons why people can't actually be able to come together. I get that. But where you can and when you can is amazing. Last night, there was a lot of controversy. Say that mildly. But it was a lot of fun. In his presence, there are pleasures forevermore. It was fun. Of course, the winners and grinners are over here, anyway. And, and, and the next ride back there as well. Yeah. <laughs> See, worship is not just about Sundays, it's central to everything that we are. And I know that you get that. But as we're done covering, there's understanding that God, your master plan for us as a church, as a people, what does it mean? It means that we are worshippers. It is the heart of who we are. Organisationally, not for profit, churches are recognised and described as places of worship. A simple way to define what we're here for, and what we do. But there's more. I wonder as we and, and enter into 2022. What is God looking for in me? What portion of me is he seeking out? What does God say for me to bring? I think he's saying bring it all. Bring it all. It's interesting that Jesus spoke about that. He said in Matthew 15, he's talking to the scribes and the Pharisees. And he said their worship is, is made up of just vainness, worthlessness. Jesus, I'm like, wow, wow. What he says there, he says in Matthew 15, these people honour me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship is made up of what? Vain. Their teachings are merely human rules. That tells me that God looks at our worship. Not only does God seek our worship, but he looks at our heart. It's about the heart. It's not easy to get there, but when we get there, I remember some of the songs I we remember when I first got saved, shout to the Lord. Come Holy Spirit, fall on me. 
Old Testament theology, not New Testament theology. But gee, I just worship to it and think, just put me on focus towards God. A.W. Tozer says this, I can safely say on the authority of all that is revealed in the word of God that any man or woman on this earth who is bored or tuned off by worship is not ready for heaven. Number two, we grow together through what? Relationships. Again, not only do we grow deeper, we grow stronger and we grow together. We heard that with the celebrations this morning, celebrating birthdays and, and, and just what we're, the focus is trying to help us understand that we're together. In Acts 2, 42, they devote themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone, uh, sorry, everyone was filled with awe at the one, mighty or many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. And verse 44 says, All the believers were together and had everything in common and they sold their property and possessions and gave to anyone who had need. It says that Jesus is central to what I do in my fellowship, but firstly, or secondly, in the sense of my relationship. Devotion says exerting great effort to persist in doing something. It indicates action that is continuous and habitual. Fellowship speaks of partnership and communion of shared participation towards a common goal. Fellowship produces our, a sense of mutual cooperation in God for worship, for his work and his will to be completed here on earth. How good is that? So I find today that not only is worship, but my relationship, fellowship, are intertwined. They're together. My worship is an expression of being in fellowship. It's beautiful. The early church understood that. They applied that. They were excited about that. Many of them were new Jews coming to faith, travelling, coming and being saved. And the gospel went out. So the church is a place of fellowship relationships are forged and built. And as I said, we can't have fellowship if we don't know you. You don't know me. It's, it's a reminder of the, the fellowship of the peace offering in the Old Testament. A voluntary free offering, a will offering. A thank you, a vow, a pledge. Jesus is central to our fellowship. And for deeper fellowship, requires deeper relationships. Fellowship is investment, it is involvement. They devote themselves into the fellowship that they were. They were sharing their lives with each other. They were becoming family. It was a gathered sense of celebration. We live in a world where family is no longer a constant for many people. It's no longer something we can count on. All around us, you know it and I know, of people who are feeling disconnected, who live alone, who long for closeness with other people. And they don't know where to find it. They try the bowling club, the golf club, 
bowls club, some other club to, to try and find their fit, their place in the world, in, in the family, in the community. But still something is missing. See, we need Jesus. So that's why God created the church. And he called you into it. He created and called you to be part of a family where real and deeper worship alongside one another can occur. And in fellowship where community is experienced. Like our worship and our fellowship becomes an aroma that lifts to the heavens. A sweet-smelling incense that is pleasing to the Lord. Isn't that what we want to do? I want to do that with you. I I choose to do that today, as you did. We chose to do that together. You know when people visit churches, people are not familiar with church, one of the most interesting observations is that they say everybody is singing together. It's just something uncanny. That we just in this all different, look around, we're all different. And then we, what aligns us the most is when we sing, because we're all singing at the, the same time, the same words. It's a beautiful moment there. That's what God is seeking. There's a song called, but this is the heart of worship. It's all about you. It's all about you. I remember a pastor, someone came up to a pastor once and said that, um, I don't like, I don't like the songs you're singing. And the pastor said, that's okay, we weren't worshipping you. <laughs> we're worshipping Jesus. I may not like every song. I have my own styles and flavours and flares. We all do. But I choose to lay it aside because I want to worship with you. I want to worship with you. I don't want to miss out. I don't get to a point where I miss out. I was so upset about those songs. I was so upset about this. You know what I mean? Yeah, and hello and goodbye. And and we look back and go, man, I, I had a moment to worship with you. I had a moment when those who were living with us and, and, our, and part of our assembly had a moment to worship with them. We're no longer here. That's special. That's privileged. So can I encourage you to embrace those opportunities as the Holy Spirit leads us into deeper, heartfelt worship towards God and his purpose for us as his family and may we grow together deeper and deeper in fellowship and relationship. And surely I know when we do that, God will be made manifest. Are you growing in your expression of worship? Are you encouraging God in your daily travels and journeys? Are you seeking for Jesus to minister afresh through you to others in a great fellowship and community? I ask. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask you right now that you'd begin to just remind us of how much you, you value worship. 
how much you value and, and how much it means to you. And if Abraham is any example as the father of our faith, the Lord, that we just don't bring little, but we bring much. That we bring whatever we have to know you more. And to lay it down and say, God, you are the reason for my worship. You are the reason for my fellowship, for my being. Help us. Help me to do this as you intended it to be. Not what I want, anybody else wants, but what you see it to be. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Everyone said? Amen. Amen.